Muggs. Yeah. You know why we're in the studio today, which is a, a, not, a nothing day, because there hasn't been a preceding MotoGP. Well, we're here. I felt a movement in the force. Yes. There is a force. Yoda is joining us today. Yes. I contacted Yoda. Yoda and I are in touch constantly, like cerebrally. Yes. Right? He sends me video of the food he cooks, and I salivate. Right, and I, I I wish to go there and sample Yoda's food because Yoda not only knows all things, but he cooks all things. Well, it's one of those things people often say to me: How how do you get Simon Crayfire on the show? And I say, Well, we don't. He he just calls. He just calls. Just yeah. rings yeah. in. Yeah, and and we, we don't even know. No, and and suddenly he's there. Yeah, but Fredo was not with us because Fredo's been eaten by a fucking horse. He came to my house and I horse and I took him out to show him the horse that nearly ate me last week. And it fucking had a go at him, and he's in hospital having his stomach stitched right. back up. It right. had him on the ground; it was clawing at him and I'm never, tearing his I innards out. Never coming to your house. Fuck you. Fuck your horses. It's a fucking dangerous Simon, joint. cook more horses. And speaking about Simon, Simon, welcome back. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so sorry I'll to hear about the horse. Ah, um, fuck him. I, I'll be honest; I don't believe it. I know horses; they wouldn't do. <laughs> They're dangerous things. So. You've got a two-week break after a five-week break. How good's that? <laughs> oh, it it feels like um, you know after the five-week break and now another week off, it feels like um, the most time off I've ever had at home. And uh, I, I mean, I'm loving it. You know, yeah, yeah, Dogs, yeah. Uh, wife, kids, barbecue. I mean, the wife's probably sick of the sight of me, but um, <laughs> uh, the rest. I mean, I, I'm loving it. But you got to remember, it's gonna kick off the second half of this year and we're going to feel like, gonna be you know what I'm saying? Yeah, bums yeah, hanging the opposite. out. Bums yeah. hanging out, brother. Um, all right, so what? you and I were chatting um, in the wake of Silverstone, which was quite an amazing weekend from, from any perspective, and you, you said some fascinating things, but before we get into that, um, we did get our readers, uh, listeners. Yeah, we, readers. we just while we were waiting for you, we did a very quick hearts and minds thing for our Patreon pit crew. And what we're actually going to do with this with this little podcast is we'll, we'll make it available to them first thing tomorrow morning or whenever Rod can get it done, and then we'll we'll make it public as a normal podcast a little bit later in the week. But um, but we asked, <laughs> we said to them, Bori and I are in the studio killing some time, ask us some questions for one of our normal hearts and minds things, which we do. People write in, ask questions, and we, we answer them as best we can. And they just write in with a bunch of questions for you. The first I'll, question. I'll sip on this coffee so yeah, yeah. I wake up a bit better, and uh, I'll well, do my best. I'm well, this is an easy do. one. There's a, there's a bloke going to Andorra shortly. He wants to know what a good restaurant is. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Given that Andorra well, is not a city, it's a region. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good ones, though. There are, I mean, we're on the border between France and Spain, yeah. so you've got food from both, you know, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of sports people here, a lot of uh, people that care about food, health. The restaurants are good. Um, uh, uh, the the last really nice one I went to was for my daughter's graduation. I, I, my son said it was good, so we we went there. He gets out and about more than I do. I normally cook at home, but it was the restaurant at the the new um, oh, uh, 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 casino. Believe it or not, there's a new casino okay. here. Well, a casino. Sorry, and the restaurant in there is 
amazing. I was yeah. like, wow, that was impressive. So I would say that. And Chris, what's that one with the nice tuppers you, that you took us to? Esai. What's it called? Esai. Esai. Okay, there's one called Esai. Esai. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I would say those two off the top of my head right. would be Terrific. probably where we would go. There you okay. go, people. What, what else did we – we got a, a few I've got questions. a bunch of me. He says uh, – well, one guy wanted to know, how does Yoda do what he does? <laughs> he says, look <laughs> – what we've what's happened here is we've had a bit of a win with with Fox Sports, right? Is that they've the 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 response to the TNT coverage was unprecedented, right? And they started screaming. Um, I heard on 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 the grapevine that the poor receptionist at Fox Sports was screaming, "I don't even know who Simon Crayfar is, but there are people fucking rigging me in the middle of the night, demanding that we put him back on, and he's not on the staff list, and I don't have his extension number, and if you don't fucking put him back on, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit." So. It worked. They, Fox Sports is going back to the world feed from this weekend. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm so happy about that. Uh, it's it's because of the welcome that us Donna team, you know, the commentary team, get every year that we go to Phillip Island. And I was sad that that will obviously fade if you guys don't get that covered. Yeah, so sure. I, I'm, you know, for own, my own selfish reasons, I'm really happy. Um, but uh, I think it's also that people don't like change. You know, I, when I came in and Dylan Gray, who did a good job before me, uh, people said, basically told me to F off. And, um, <laughs> you, know, they, <laughs> you know, so it, it shows that people don't like change as well. There's a bit of but that, yeah. I hope there's a slight bit in there that they like the tech stuff that mm-hmm. I find out as well. Well, we just need them to give our paddock show back again too. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But, you know, maybe that might happen in the fullness of time. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just glad that we've got the dawn of feed and that we've got Simon again, you know, um, which is wonderful. So, um, all right. The other question one of our listeners had was, what, what in your view, is the hardest track for bike setup? Ooh. That's actually a really good question. Yeah, it's a big And uh, the thing is, um, it's always the ones, I mean, the, the ones that they use for tests, you know, testing, yep. is uh, a complete circuit, meaning you've got hard braking, you've got a fast section, you've got uh, flowing corners. So the bike needs to do everything. And one of those tracks, it's the reason we go to it, apart from weather, Sepang. and it's fair, from, is Sepang, Yeah. Uh, because there's hard braking,s fast sweepers, um, everything, hard acceleration. When you put everything in there, the bike, you're you're doing a constant compromise, you know. You can't just set it up to stop because then it won't turn and you can't just set it. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So um, there, when you say the hardest setup for, um, I would say that type of circuit, like Sepang, like Hareth, uh, you know, really complete circuits. Um, but – that is not as bad as having tracks, say, with, um, uh, for example, you've got little ripples and chatter and that. That is a bigger nightmare, you know, from a rider tech yep. and technician point of view, which I've done both. It's a nightmare when you've got this chatter or uh, that you can't get rid of, you know. And that and can change so, from year to year too, can't it? Yeah. If the track, yeah, de- yeah. If the track degrades during be- the year, like Circuit of the Americas, it just got worse and worse and worse. 
And, yeah. you know, they laughed about it. I said, oh, it's a horsepower rodeo. And I go, no, it's a fucking ripple. It's a series of ripples and corrugations and shit. Mm. And was- well, you're right about that one. That one is really tough, you know, for, for riders' confidence because it's hard to get confidence when you don't know if the tyre's going to keep hanging on because it's bouncing around yep. all over the place. And then also technicians pulling their hair out trying to get the riders confident. Yeah, that type of scenario is a nightmare. But you also... Believe it or not, the lower grip the track is, you know, the riders complain, say, ah, oh, there's no grip in row. But you actually get less crashes because they feel the edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they feel like for example, Bruno, um, that had no grip the time last time we went there because the surface is so old. Mm-hmm. Wonderful circuit. But no grip. But the riders are riding around like they're on wet tires and they've yeah. got so much right. feedback. That they feel what uh, where the edge is, so they're going slower and they're complaining, but that's not very dangerous, you know. When you get really high grip and the boys don't, or boys and girls don't feel the edge, that's when they step over it and crash more often, you know. Okay. And some somebody asked about your work with the dogs. Oh, I'm glad about that. Yeah, because that's probably the only thing I want to promote, you know, wherever I go, and that is. Um, can I quickly Absolutely. Uh, explain why or how I got please, into this? You know, please. I love I love dogs, and uh, the the problem was I like anyone um, battling to get ahead. You know, like that's why I don't. Um, basically, young people. If you're young and you don't own your house and that, you're just fighting yourself to get ahead, and you don't think of things like this. But and I understand that, um, but I don't forgive that older people that already own everything and that just continue to play golf or tennis every day, you know, and don't do something good to put back, you know. So what happened is I stopped uh, Motor Voodoo last winter and I went and got my eyes done. So for the first time in a long time, I wasn't working through the winter and I'd been trying to keep down two jobs and that wasn't easy between the MotoGP one and teaching on track. So I had a bit of time over winter to think, and then I started feeling guilty because I haven't done anything to help dogs, and I know a lot are suffering, you know, and because um, I see it. So I walked into my garage with this mindset, and I saw all my leather suits, and I went, I love dogs more than I love my leather suit connect collection, you know, that from my career. I've, I have got about nine hanging there, and uh, eight or nine, and I just went, right, to my kids, you can have one each, you know, Choose the ones you want. I explained what they were, and and so that I took two out of there, and the rest I'm selling for dogs. So then, wow. the first one was up. The first one was up, and I already started worrying what happens when these suits are gone. And I, you know, I've got the people to support, and not the money to support them. You know, these the dog rescue places, which is what I want to help. Um, the people, the good people that are helping dogs, you know, dedicating their lives to doing it. Not the massive charities where I think yeah. my money will disappear when I say my money, the money we've yeah, raised will disappear. The, the people that dedicate their lives to it, and they're often not business people as well, so they haven't got money, but they spend time and love, which is the people you need, I think we need to support. So as soon as this leather suit uh, sold, uh, it was actually the the big boss of Yamaha Motor Europe bought the Red Bull Yamaha suit that I put oh, wow. up. Wow! Like Lin, Jar- <laughs> yeah. Lin Jarvis's boss. How, how cool is that? Jeez, yeah, that's great. Because he's got 
because he's got a replica of my bike and he said he wanted to put the suit with it. I was yeah, really happy. Yeah, yeah. Two and a half grand went towards the dogs. We spent that on different um, charities that we knew when I say charity, dog support, dog rescue centers that we knew were doing great work. Um, and then out of the woodwork came riders. First was Remy Gardner. You Australian yeah. listeners will be proud. He loves dogs. So he gave us uh, boots and gloves and said, great idea. So si. I'll give you some more when they're gone, you know, um, then Duan Mir heard through Remy because they're mates, and um, and uh, it's just keeps going. Now we've got some from Dovi, mainly because uh, Dovi's uh, the press officer's dog uh, lover, so she managed to put this together. So it's starting to take off, and then someone gave us this RC forty five, which wow. is wow. An RC forty five. Wow. An RC forty five. Wow. So it turns out they were bike fans, superbike fans back in the this time, you know, when the RC45, yep. Carl Fogarty, um, when I was riding, and they saw what I was doing. They had, um, like, they're in a good position financially. They have this RC45 sitting in the shed and the mice have got into it, meaning they've made a nest in the airbox and they're, it hasn't run in a decade. They can't get it running, and um, they want, want rid of it. They want to sell it. And then they thought, well, we want to help Simon and the dogs. Let's just two birds with one stone. Give it to me. Let me sort oh, it out. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is super cool. And then my wife went, ah, I thought this was a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> You're buying bikes again. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get us in trouble. Like this is too much money coming in and out of our accounts. You know, when this happens, yeah, yeah. too much money. That's right. You and, live in a tax haven. It's fine. <laughs> and, and, and I. <laughs> Even so, I've got like anyway. We you got to show where the money's from, where sure. it's going. And so she said, "Are you going to continue this?" And I went, "Yeah." And um, that's my aim. And she goes, "Right, well, stop." Which is why we've, we went quiet for two and a half months. She did two and a half months with the paperwork, put it all together, and now Riders for Dogs is official. Like it's a charity, um, official association. That's, that's yeah, fabulous uh, for dog charity. Yeah, yeah, it's, which I'm super proud do, of. Do you know what? Do you know what tip me to this when when you? I mean, you and I sort of communicate now and again, which which is great. It's like it's like having this mate who lives overseas in Andorra. Um, but you said to me, he goes during the holidays, Simon says, "Oh, what I do during my days off is I sometimes I go to the pound and I spend a couple of hours playing with the dogs." Hmm. And I went. Fuck that! That's that's just such a wonderful thing to do. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Both Tugs and I are massive dog people. I've never been without a dog. I I adore them. I I wrote a lengthy piece a while back about how much man owes to the dog. You know, we we owe virtually human civilization, uh, the advancement of humanity, human civilization to the dog. Once we domesticated the dog, it made us more efficient hunters. That, uh, for companionship, kept you know, us warm at night. Kept us warm at night. All that, and we we made a huge alarm when you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's a marvelous thing, Simon. I, congratulations to you. So, um, we'll, we'll, can I add one more thing, please, uh, yeah. before we go away from the dogs? Briefly, I don't want to. I know this no, no, is not no. about dogs. This, uh, but um, also since I've gotten into this, I mean, I went in going, look, these poor fellas don't have anyone to take care of them, meaning they don't have food, they don't have um, uh, veterinarian help, they're starving on the streets. That is one side. But since I've got in and the people that are my contacts now that ring me and say, hey, 
do you know where we can put four collies, you know, because uh, Border Collies, they know I love Border Collies. We've got one. Um, that's the recent one that's happened. And it turns out that this monster in Mercia in Spain had 300 animals and he doesn't obviously don't care about them. He wants to sell their puppies, you know. Yeah, puppy so farm. Basically yeah. It's a puppy farm. Yeah, puppy farm. Um, and half he's obviously gone away in August or something. Oh, I don't understand what happened, but half of them are dead, no water, yeah. you know, no food. And it, it, like this is another level of neglect I didn't realise what was going on, you know. And so I'm not only trying to find homes or people to take care, people to take these dogs that survived in, um, but which I'm trying to support the per, the people that are trying to get him prosecuted because he's got another one that he's hiding, you know what I mean? He yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cops don't find out, and he will do, will do it again. So I think there's no point trying to clean up the mess if we don't attack where it's coming from. So anyway, let, let's move on. I just wanted to well, mate, tell I, you look, what. It's I, another I, level. I, I, I absolutely, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I'm appalled by puppy farms. You know, yeah. I'm sure you are. It's just... You know, people are just pieces of shit that do that. It's just not right. And they need to be bashed. I, I'm I'm all about beating fucks you. like that to death, right? Um, yeah, yeah, fucking how about I tie you up with a yeah. fucking chain to a fucking inner inside a cage and I'll give you water. Number one and I have got two border collies and a bichon that sleep on our bed. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, so I apologise for derailing. No, no, not at no, all. No, it wasn't you. It was one of our Patreon guys that asked the question. No, it's not good. at all, yeah. Oh, and also if people out there don't know how to help and – maybe don't want to uh, spend anything on on the products that we've got that are raising money. But even if you can share what we're posting yep. on social media, more people will see it and that'll that'll help, you know. We'll get I'm on. not saying share my stuff. No, no, we'll get on to it. Do- riders for dogs. That'll yeah, riders, follow us. riders for dogs. We'll sort, it, we'll sort it for you, mate. All right. Should we get into the motorcycle stuff? We should get into the motorcycle stuff. Right. Thank uh, you, Patreon guys, for your questions. Yeah. Good. Look, um... Simon, what, let's let's just cover what what I've been hearing, and you can you can expand on this as you like. You can add to it as you like. Um, let, let's go with the with the gigantic Marquez elephant in the room. I'm hearing, you know, I'm, I'm sure you read it too that now Honda has got their Formula One team involved in a collaboration uh, with 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 HRC. Because um, this is really interesting. Because there's there's all sorts of rumours that. You know, Honda might disappear and mm. go the way of Suzuki. I, I actually think Honda's more likely to double down and 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 throw more money at it. Yeah, and try and, and solve then, the and problem. Then, but, and then, of course, there's the the Mark and KTM thing, which I know you've got you've got some views about that. And that was an actual conversation that happened. So, talk talk to us about HRC and Mark Marquez, mate. Okay, um, I know nothing about the F one. Um, uh, it was a yeah, it was a press going to get. press release. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know nothing about that, but uh, I look forward now to get back and being able to ask Alberto on the live, so we can hear what he what he has to say <laughs> about that. And it, no, but it may. But recently, I haven't had much to harass him about, and there's no point just going. No, uh, you're going <laughs> shit again, Alberto. So I just uh, I just left him alone. But um, now that there is some. Um, something to talk to him about. I'll go and ask about that. But it totally makes sense because everyone else has had some support from that area as well. It's a new field for bike racing, the aero, and uh, 
out of the bike manufacturers have needed support from people with experience. And, and getting so, the, yeah, Honda's jumping back into Formula One as a full time engine supplier too. So, yeah. so they so Watanabe was you know reported the other day as saying this is a this is a big multifaceted racing push from Honda and it includes motorcycles. So that's, I think he was kind of reassuring the world that Honda's not going anywhere in, in terms of motorcycle oh, racing. Brilliant news because um, the, uh, the news that, I mean, the way I see it is not new. I thought this after Assen, you know, the beginning of the summer break, hmm. that, um, that, uh, that, that Honda were, it was a, precarious situation you know um and i spoke to um some people not in honda but um in other basically other manufacturers but people high up and they were all concerned um that honda would jump and uh, and um i i asked i asked lucio i said what's the chance of honda leaving lucio you know because lucio's um not going to be is sensitive about it, me asking, you know, he's, he's their satellite team. Sure. And surely he gets a feel of what's going on. But he's also a clever guy, knows business-wise. He explained that uh, I haven't got the numbers. Uh, that was like five, six, seven weeks ago. But um, he's saying, Simon, they're not going to give up on, on motorcycles. Motorcycles, they invest, um, or cars, they invest, you know, a lot more money and get back only a little bit more profit than motorcycles, you know. Wow. And motorcycles, they invest a lot less and get a bigger return. Yeah. Well, the return is almost as big a car. It's not much less than cars. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so motorcycles is a profitable business. And, and for sure, most of that is in Asia. Like that's my thinking um, on smaller motorcycles. But um, I can understand that he's pointing out. I checked on this and but with another manufacturer, and they said, "Yeah, yeah he's right." Um, the problem is uh, that this continuous bad publicity. Why would you do it? You know, this is if you can't see a, a short-term way of fixing this, you're better off to walk away and come back when you know you have it fixed. Because negative publicity like this is terrible. You know, sure. um, actually, I think even. Honda's bad time has deflected a fair bit of the negative publicity from Yamaha. Oh, 100%. they not having, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah. But so that was other um, very clever, basically leaders of other manufacturers, you know, saying that they are worried about Honda, that, that it genuinely could. This is at Assen, uh, so a oh. while ago. But then um, because of all these chats, I – uh, seriously believe that the concessions will happen, meaning the, the, there will be concessions for the Japanese. That's what I believe. And I don't talk to the Dorna guys who make the decision. Um, that's above my pay grade. I don't get to discuss that with them. Mm -hmm. This is me doing work on the ground, finding it out for myself. Yeah. You know? yep. So, but the thing is, um, the European manufacturers will agree to help the Japanese because they have to. Um, they don't want a championship without the Japanese in there. I mean, the way I see it, of is course, of course, the, you know, they the, don't. Yeah, none of us do. No. Because, for example, 
Uh, the, the results I'm most proud of that mean the most to me is who is standing on the podium below me. Yes, you know? 100%. Yep. And, and if you win, and that to me was McDoan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> he's, <clears throat> and so it's exactly the same for uh, what you don't want to win a world championship and the Japanese not be in there. And so the other thing to throw in is that um, the Japanese agreed. So Honda and Yamaha agreed to help Ducati when they were shit. Yeah, it's, a, it's a quid pro. They really a quid pro yeah. quo arrangement. It's, yeah, so it's they time really to, yeah time to give back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we could go into that, but I've heard things like um, they really worked with the organisers, Donna, to um, help. You know, that's where the concessions came from. They thought up this with Donna to give a leg up to Ducati or any yeah. uh, manufacturer that's coming, they made this concession system. But also, I got told, this is secondhand, so I can't say it's 100%, but it came from a good source, that that um, when Valentino went from Yamaha to Ducati, and you're talking he's already won on the Yamaha, right, won championships, um, that he asked Yamaha, do you mind if I – the bike you gave me for winning the championship. Do you mind if I let your caddy look at it? You know, I mean, and when they look at it, they'll be taking it to bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know what made of it. Yeah, I mean, and it's also, I imagine that stage would have been aluminium chassis, you know, because that was the stage they were looking at trying to fix that chassis. Um, so, and apparently Yamaha went, yeah, no worries, you know, you can do that. Apparently they gave them the, gave wow. Valentino the, Go ahead. I mean, if when you look at it all in that light, then now the Japanese are struggling. The, the, the Europeans are going to agree to help. I just feel sorry for Aprilia and KTM that they haven't yet um, reaped the rewards of their hard work. You know, they've yeah. just come in yeah. and uh, meaning got to the point where their bikes are good. Yeah, and now they've been asked to handicap this. Well, but, but so both, I do feel sorry. Yeah, both those manufacturers benefited from the concession system as well. I mean, Aprilia, yeah. and Aprilia was around back in the days when we we had a two tier championship. So remember, when Aprilia first came in; they were essentially running a superbike. So we we kind of had almost super stock bikes running around as as second tier bikes just to fill the grid up, and then over time they just got yeah. better and better, and then the concession system started, and that, that's sort of where it was birthed. And then KTM took advantage of it. Suzuki got some advantages from it as well. So it's it's I it's, totally agree. <clears throat> but when you look at oh, you're dead right. I mean, you can see that Aprilia really benefited it uh, from it last year, you know, up yeah. and the year before. Um, they no longer have the concessions because they've done so well, but. KTM, the brilliance of their riders at circuits where their bike did work, um, roughly work, the brilliance of their riders winning is what? away their concessions. <laughs> That's right. And they've actually done it in a period where they didn't have concessions. Yep. They've, you know, improved their bike. So that's super impressive. But um, I, like I said, I just feel, you know, just to be fair, I feel sorry for them that they're already been asked for um, you know, to give themselves a handicap and the and the Japanese a leg up, but uh, like I said, it's no going to be if Japanese leave. You know, Dorna are working on this. They have to be because they don't want the championship course, yeah. uh, to to lose the Japanese, and the Europeans don't want to lose it. So they are going to get a hand. And this is what brings me to the next my next thought after Athens was because um, everyone's 
you know, wondering if Mark's just going to up and leave. But then I went, where did he go to? You know, um, I well, thought that that is the question on everyone's lips. That yeah. everyone wants to know, and you, you've heard the same rumours we hear, right? Oh, he's going to yeah. KDM. I oh, know he's talking to Aprilia. Fuck, we go to Yamaha even, you know. What, tell us about that. Tell us what your thoughts are there. Well, the simple thing that I came up with is if you are in a meeting and with all the manufacturers, you know, agreeing to figure out some updated concessions to help the Japanese out of the hole so they don't leave our championship, why would you then go and steal their star rider and force them to leave anyway because they've got no one to win, you know, anymore? Mm, good point. That's that's how I see it. Like, um, because I just pictured myself in there and you, you're agreeing to give them a hand so we yep. don't lose them. The last thing you're going to do is steal their rider and so they go, oh, well, we got no. But, there's no point. Don't, don't you think you know? that Marquez is such a huge ace, though? He's like he's the trump card. Um, I, I mean, riding wise, like he has been for a long time. Yeah. He's been he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, but, absolutely. But but um, you know, we've I've already asked a couple of times. KTM KTM don't want him, and right. um, that is, I mean, they explained it in that if if K, sorry if Mark comes to us. And he wins. Mark is fantastic. If he comes to us and loses, KTM is shit. So shit. <laughs> yeah. Mark can't even win on it. Yeah. 100%. And so it's it's a no win kind of. Yeah. And they are determined. They've got too many riders, you know, for mm. seats, and they're determined to win with the boys that they've got that they love and they do love. But that, that, uh, that's, the guys they've got. Just know? to interrupt you, that was the same thing when Rossi came to Ducati. If Rossi's not winning on the Ducati, the Ducati oh. is shit. And it was. Right. And it was, right. <laughs> but, but you know, if, if Valentino wins on the Ducati, then it's Valentino that won, on, that yeah. won not the yeah. Ducati. But, but Val- yeah. to be fair, Valentino did take some reputational damage on in those, those not couple in of years. My, what, not in my not, eyes. Not in your Fuck world. off. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. But he sold himself. He was the second coming for Ducati. He was going to fix everything. Him and Jez, 90 seconds will have it sorted. Remember the quote? You need to speak to Jeremy seconds. Burgess. I know. Yeah. Don't what? worry. Oh, Jeremy. Sorry, sorry, Simon. No, 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 no. So the only way out that I see is if that Mark has already left. Yes. You know? If, if he'd he, already if he left, goes. Yeah, if he already then goes. how can, how can um, for example, how can, say, Grassini say no to Mark coming there for nothing, you know. Yeah. I'll come there for nothing, and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll bring my sponsors, and I'll take the money from some, you know. For example, that's just a scenario. Yeah. Like then, that's going to be hard. And then they've seemed to be doing nothing wrong. Meaning the uh, Ducati management have done nothing wrong if Mark's already left, and then they take him on. Or same with Aprilia, for example. Yeah. But uh, if that hasn't happened, I can't see. Then there's one more. I can't see it happening because they're not going to want to. Um, be seen to be the per- people that pushed that manufacturer over the edge and they left because of them. They, I don't think they want to do that. And then the last bit is, um, is, is sorry, I, I had something I want to tell you and now it just disappeared out of my no, head. I'm sure it'll is, come back. Um, uh, yeah, it was about, um, really apologise, too early in the morning for me. <laughs> so, That's all right. We'll keep running with that and uh, I might come to you. I, I was just going to say that, for, yep. for my money, Honda stays. Yep. And yep. Mark stays. 
and 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 I'll tell oh, you and I'll tell you why. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you why. And I said this to someone the other day. They said to me, "No, Honda's leaving. Guarantee Honda's going to go." And I said, "You don't understand Honda. You don't understand what makes Honda tick. Honda is a racing organization. They they built themselves on racing, especially in the motorcycle world. That that's their bread and butter, and it's they see it as part of their DNA. They're not just going to walk away just because things got a bit tough. There was a time when when Yamaha was belting them not so long ago, mm. but they didn't give up. They just kept going and going and going. So, and then as for the Marquez thing." I was convinced Mark was going to stay the minute – and Simon, I don't know if it was you that asked Purge this question, something about Mark, and that he made the comment, Alberto said, we don't want anybody here at Honda who doesn't want to be here. In other words, if Mark wants to go, we're not going to stop him. But for me, that's what you say when you know the guy's not leaving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've already locked it in. You've already had the conversation, and everybody's happy to continue on for the till the end of the contract because he's contracted for another year. So they've already had the conversation. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. He's not going anywhere. That's that's when you give that response. It is, you know, look. If he doesn't want to be here, we'd let him go. But you can say that because you know he's not going. So I, I can't see Mark leaving. Well, the the. I put myself, after putting all this little puzzle together, and like I said, it's six weeks old now, but then I got to the point where how do you keep your rider, if you're Alberto, if you're Lynn Jarvis, you know, how do you keep your rider uh, from walking away? Um, The concessions, if they're obviously going to, well, for example, um, Carlos Espeleta said that all the only information I got from him literally is what he said to the public, that nothing else. But what he did say was they something about they need updating. And so that straight away gives to me that gives away he's working on updating the concessions so they won't be the same because Honda and Yamaha are in the shit because their riders are so good that. They, you know, like Alex Rins's ride, Fabio's ride recently, uh, March, they managed to win on a bike that wasn't good enough to win. And then it stops their manufacturer getting concessions and help. Yeah. Help. So that means the concessions are outdated, mm-hmm. meaning they need a way to judge the level of the machinery without the brilliant rider's odd, yep. amazing ride. So that's what I believe he's doing. They're working on that. And then I look, I put myself in the rider's point of view and team manager's point, you know, position. Then if you get, if they already know they've, they're going to get concessions, they're just hashing out how it's going to work. Um, then you can say to Mark, Mark, I know we haven't been able to sort this bike out, but now we're, we don't have, next year we won't have our engine and aero frozen so we can update them. You know, I did a tech talk on uh, the the concession thing, how they work, uh, a while a couple of years ago, and I remember Danny Aldridge saying, "Beginning of each year, before the first race, before the first race starts, the the manufacturers have to give us one of everything. So one, you know, valves, one set of valves, once the camshaft, or if they've got it, the piston, the rings, everything, one the rod, so they can compare if they ever have to make sure." that they don't change anything because their engine's frozen. The Aprilia box at this stage was empty <laughs> because they're allowed to update. Yeah. They're allowed to update during the – and if 
Yamaha and Honda have that. Yeah. That is a massive boost. That Absolutely. You're, instead of being frozen, you are allowed to change. You're allowed to throw shit at it and fix your problems. Yeah. That's a massive uh, advantage. Yeah. And then you go to Mark and go, if, if we have this massive advantage and you have you, you keep your massive paycheck, <laughs> we're, we're going to get back on, you know, and then you put yourself, Mark, in his shoes, what I guess is happening is that the Europeans are not, they're not coming up with something for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, and Mark will be wondering why, but uh, it's because they don't want to. I agree with you. And actually I agree with Tugs, which is a rarity. <laughs> There's every chance. But the if- thing I don't agree with what Tugs said is that Honda weren't going to leave. I think it was at a critical stage, as in there's no point. To, I mean, they, they're not give people that give up. I totally agree. But they have been Belted. shit yeah. year after year after year, and they haven't come out of it. If you, There must be a point, when I think that point was close, where you go, uh, there's no point having this. We're getting headlines for being shit. Well, there's no point it's that. getting it's damaging. One, and, and it's getting worse. It's getting worse yeah, and yeah. worse and worse. Well, the the, the Repsol yes. Honda team is coming last in the team standing. Yeah, it's unheard of. The team, the team's championship, HRC is last. All right. Well, we we so, look, we've we've talked Honda, we've talked Honda, 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 HRC. Let's briefly talk about Yamaha and Fabio's ultimatum to Yamaha, saying, you know, two years ago you gave me a, a ten-page PDF about what you're going to do. And only uh, nine and a half pages of that PDF remain undone. Um, you know, you need to fix this, or 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 else. It was an or else. Um, what yeah. do you What are your views on that? Um, I don't like it um, because, as much as I think Fabio is a great kid, I really like him, like both riding wise and. Um, how he is, how he treats us, how yeah. respectful he is to but, the But he Juno. said he said that in the wake of coming last but, last week. That's you know, this is all on the yeah. on, on on the back of the worst weekend he's probably ever had. Yeah, but it wasn't all Saturday um, was all right. I mean it's one thing to say that when you are miles ahead of all the other you know, the other the, your teammate. And um and he wasn't, you know, like it recently, um Franco's been right there, like or qualifying ahead of him and yep. and uh, finishing ahead of him, or at least battling with him. Um, I think that it's got to be really hard to swallow for Fabio because he's so good, he's so natural. Um, he's been the one that's been doing so much magic last year and the year before, mm. making that bike look better than it is. So massive respect to him. Um, but I don't think there's anything to gain from from venting to the press about um, you, the, the manufacturer that you are hired and paid really well f- to uh, be their ambassador, you know? Yep. And I don't think there's anything to gain for, from kicking them in the press. I, I think that all it does is make their your bosses roll their eyes. And, I mean, the perfect example is um, Binder. You know, he's been through shit for quite a few years yeah. trying to make that bike, and he knows that he can beat guys that are beating him, and he never 
tells them. You know, the most no. he ever does is no. like say say that uh, he'll he'll answer where the bike needs to improve. He'll go, oh, this area and this area. You know, I think. Yeah, but he doesn't. But shit, never he never shit cans. Them. Them. No. he never. But shit also, cans. but also because I believe that the European manufacturers will punish their riders for doing that because negative yep. publicity when you're paid to give us positive publicity. And I think Yamaha can be too soft on that. I think they need to kick their riders' ass when they do it. Because what I a, – a, a scenario I just want to put out there to people that still don't believe that I'm right on this is if you're in a marriage, you don't go around bagging your other half to people. You know, if, you're, if you do – there's something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so it's the same scenario. You know, you are in a marriage. Uh, it's it's the same sort of thing. You so, can't go around so, bagging you. Absolutely. So they picked up. Just like manufacturers can't bag their riders. That's not on. That's not on. I either. agree. So Yamaha have now picked up Rins. Oh, genius move. Yes, genius I even, move. I even said that to Lynn. Genius I went, move. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think he'll do very, very well. Rin, Rin's to me, he he's like the unsung genius out there. There's there's echoes of Simoncelli about him. There's just, you know, when he's <laughs> on, he's just an absolute revelation. Like what he did at Phillip Island last year. Like he won on the Honda this year. He he's just. <laughs> You know, there are times when, you know, it seems the light of God shines upon him and he just just does miracles. And he catches fire because yes. he's, <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> I'm so pissed that he yeah, broke yeah. his leg. I but. think I mean, all the viewers know how brilliant he is um, and the natural ability he's got. And he, it's this mix of amazing natural talent on the bike together with um, someone who's so – laid back he's like a he's like innocent a little bit childlike um and i say that yeah with, yeah no i say that with with, with um genuine what's the word i affection. I, I really affection, yeah. affection thank yeah. you Doug. genuine affection um he's not the one to worry about no uh, other it, riders it's, or it's impossible it's impossible to dislike alex rins you can't dislike <laughs> him um yeah, each time you see him sort of in candid shots, especially that 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 execrable program that they did, you know, the, the, the Dawner did a while back to to, to um like the spin off off the F one thing, oh, you yeah. know, that they should really redo. And you know, there's there's Alex Rins at a barbecue with his mates. You think what a lovely guy he seems to be, and he actually is. There's no pretense about. He, he really is. He really is. He's he, come to the drift um, thing with us a few times, and he's just so normal. So yeah, meaning, yeah. there's no bullshit. He doesn't even play the bullshit that other riders play yeah. on each other. He's you not know? manufactured like, like psychological games. He doesn't even doesn't even hide anything. He's just he, most riders have a bit of a wall to protect themselves. He doesn't even bother with that. He yeah. just says the truth. And anyway. Um, the thing that I – my only concern is that he's been through more than I think most people realise, um, not just the injury, but he's been through what Mark is going through, what all the Honda riders are going through. You've got to remember that as well. Yep. And I think that mentally uh, takes a bit of coming back from. Yep. So he's, he's got to repair physically and mentally from this from this year. And I hope he, hope he does it quick. When, but do, you, when do you imagine just him? What, when you're watching him – just keep an eye. You, you, I think what he'll go through is a bit of time to come back, and if he doesn't, he's even more amazing than I thought. When, when do you expect him back? 
Um, I should know. I leave that to all the other journalists because they love stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, he just got married in a wheelchair, but, so I don't think it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's in a hurry. <laughs> Why would you be? I mean, you yeah, look at the, 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 the Honda riders at the moment. They're just riding to get to the end of the year now, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Taka, Taka pretty much knows he's he's probably done at the end of the year. Mark, Mark said he's gathering data. He's not. He's just gather, He's testing for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah. Alex has got another ride next year. Yeah. Juan, Juan's scared to even turn up. <laughs> he just this, this hunted look about himself. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, they're just I, riding I to survive. You guys have crucified Juan recently, <laughs> and uh, he is, I think, one of the loveliest guys in the in the paddock. Oh you sure, know? He, sure. Uh, I, and so I always cringe. And we, we actually love the really ball. <laughs> um, and he's one of the one thing about Juan. He's maybe it's not helping in this situation, but. He's also so clever, and so um, he's, he reminds – he makes me think that he would have a great life if even if you took motorcycle racing away, yeah. you know, yeah. where you can't say that about every racer, you know. He, he's not he, – he's – there's lots to him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's multifaceted he's a as cool, a human being, yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So let's hope that uh, when Honda turn up with something better – that um, he gets his old spark back and right. bounces back. Um, but one thing you mentioned about Tucker, I can't forget to throw in there. I'm not convinced he's gone. You reckon? Because, well, the thing is, if you're in Honda's position, um, they need testing, right? They need to get mm. out of the shit. And, and having him the on the bike. Is 12, as 12 months ago, yeah. uh, you know, you've got the, the, the kid you were going to move up, Ayagura, um, who I really like, actually. He's, he's not going to help kid. you, though, is he? No. He, he He's not going to be the test rider. He's just trying to figure out how to ride it. Mm. And um, if you and, – and is he going to want to ride it? Well, he said no last year. They, yeah, want, they wanted to bring him up this year strange. and he said no. So um, the way I see it is as much as I agree with people that Tucker's had his turn, you know, it's someone else's turn um, – they need someone that they can just use as a workhorse, and Tucker's damn good at that. He's got yeah. the right attitude for and, that, and he's all so, about he's all about data. He's constantly, you know, assessing and reassessing. He's always looking at his telemetry and seeing where he can improve and stuff like that. So he's good like that. I would imagine. Well, the thing is, he's, he's well, consistent. He's an engineer's dream because he's consistent. And so that's where, from an engineer's point of view, you look at Tucker's performance from one track to another and with one setup to a it's different good, setup, yeah. and you can you can gauge the performance of that setup because you know Pretty what his good, baseline yeah. is. And he's you did right, Tucker. And it, uh, Tuck, uh, sorry, Tuck, <laughs> uh, Tucker. Rename is, is um, yeah. Uh, Tucker McClough. Tucker is also <laughs> <laughs> he's also up for doing what he did in Silverstone, uh, being loyal to the manufacturer, and they'll just say, "Look, we want you to run the new Aero so we can get data on it." You know, same as Fabio did in the race, and um, that rather than most races, especially if you're young. You don't want to know about testing. You want to go faster. Yeah. Oh, race motorcycles. You know, so I think what Tucker brings right now is valuable to help get Honda out of the out of the poo. Okay. Um, look, we have to be a little bit parochial here, and, and you're, you're like almost Australian because you're from New Zealand. <laughs> we need we need to talk about Jack fucking Miller and this fucking moonwalking bullshit that he constantly seems to be engaging with. Like he'll he'll start brilliantly. <laughs> And away he goes, and then, fuck, Jack, now you're in third. Jack, now you're in fucking seventh. 
What the fuck is going on there, Simon? What is he doing? Is he is he killing his tires too early? Is he what? What what do you see this? Um oof. That is a really good question, and I'm I wish I knew the answer. I'm you know, which is and I, I do agree about the tire bit, and because we've seen it in the past, you know, that that he, he'll have the speed but not be able to get his tires to the end. So and we've seen it in the past when he was on Ducati as well. But I really believe in Jack. I, we, we all do. We all I, love him. Yeah. I What he's bought this year is another uh, dimension to Jack I didn't know was there. He's way more clever than I thought the Jack was. And I don't mean that derogatory at all because you watch and everyone sees what Jack does and how he acts and but what he's bought um is not only this cool personality to KTM but they have uh he's done stuff and helped them figure out things that they wouldn't have done without him and I reckon that's a big part of the reason they love him for doing that and Brad Binder who the the, the race day man is really benefiting from and Jack doesn't even feel shitty about that you know he yeah. wants Brad to do well yeah. he's a this team I think he knows his value you know but I'm with you I so hope I, I, I believed it would have come before now um I thought it was going to be not long after Argentina that he would um get the results you know like I said in Japan you know uh, realize his potential you know but recently we've just seen repeats of the same yeah, and yeah. people will start bagging him <laughs> but my advice is don't give up on him he the boy's clever talented um he's and with KTM support like I said I'm sure they love him for what everything he's done um that he'll he'll figure it out I really do I just hope it doesn't take too much longer okay um, the other thing that we we that we wanted to touch on you with was the the Brad versus Pecco track limits debate, and I'm sure you've seen what's going on, what's been going on there. Um, you know, to, to the naked eye, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. our the, South African listeners lost their collective well, shit. In well, the last they, they, the, the, the poor South Africans have lost their collective shit for two reasons. One was the Jake versus Darren bullshit oh, yeah. that went on. We'll get to that in Silverstone. We'll get to that in a minute, right? But then there was the Brad versus Pecco thing. You know. To the, to the naked eye, Pecco was in the green and on the last lap and the lap before, uh, but certainly on the last lap, and mm. copped no penalty because there was no, no advantage, whereas Brad was a little bit over into the green a few races ago and, and, lost, the place. and lost the place. What what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> because um, Fre- Fredo has okay. said some stuff on Patreon which was interesting, um, but you know, then I'm not going to go into now because it's just unfounded rumor. But um, <laughs> what's Patreon? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, our pa- we do two shows. We do this show for our Patreon pit crew, which is people that pay us, and then we do the live show, which is a public oh, show. So I didn't know about that. I just forgot the name. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So what what's going on? What why is there disparity with race direction? Why is race direction you know, seemingly penalising Brad, but not penalising Pecco? Um, I was quite down about the amount of shit that came out after that happened in Silverstone because I thought we had a really good race. 
Yeah. And all you see on social media is people calling the race direction, not race direction, um, the, the stewards, clowns. I mean, Oxo even said a joke, you know. And uh, my personal opinion is that I understand the fans because I looked at it and went, wonder what happened there. Yeah. You know, it must be a real, both of them must be, you know, when you look at Pecco and Brad, one is just yeah. uh, penalised and one had just got away with it, yep. you know. And so my mind's going, wonder what happened. So I did some digging. But in the meantime, I see, uh, I understand the amount of public that were pissed off about it and, and they need to see proof of why hmm. this happened. And I've actually said that to the stewards. You need to show proof because straight away, like you see in other sports, because you're getting crucified. They don't watch social media because they get such a hard time. They, they just can't be bothered, you know. They know they've done the right thing, and they're right, but you need to show it so people don't go off, which is – Yeah, ju- justify why you why you made that yeah. call, yeah. But I understand ignorant fans getting nasty, and, and I, I can – okay, they're getting emotional, and but I don't understand – uh, people like Oxley that should know better. Oh, I, I, know? I fucking understand that. I understand. That's just fucking clickbaiting bullshit, right? Uh, that's what I think. That, that's that's, that's think. all that is, right? That's, is that's, I, that's an old guy who's becoming irrelevant very quickly, yeah, trying and, to stay and, irrelevant. Yeah, trying to stay irrelevant. That's all, you know. I, I need to, to, to jump on the outrage wagon. Yeah, and, the, and the best way to do this, because I've got a bit of a name, is to fucking, yeah, fuck them, it's a fucking, fuck you, right? <laughs> So, so for the people that uh, I'm glad you feel the same way about that better as me, but the, for the people who don't understand what I'm on about, still feel that the uh, the what do you call it? The um, stewards are monkeys, you know, <laughs> that aren't watching. Um, I want. I, I had a good conversation with them and found out what it was about because I'll be honest. I wanted to know. I'm yeah, like, sure, we all do. Yeah, because it looked the same, you know. Yeah. Okay. The only thing I could come up with was, yeah, Pico's leaning right a little bit, so the left side of his tire will be lifted a little bit, his rear tire, and maybe didn't p- push the button. Which there is something in that. I mean, because for example, the sensitivity of that. Uh, no, I've got to start with the beginning. How the stewards um, see it is, they have to have evidence that the bike was on the green to show the team manager because the team manager is always going to come up and go, what? He was in the green? Show me. So they've got to have evidence to show him. Otherwise, he will, um, uh, what's the word, appeal. He'll appeal. And And then if he continues to appeal, it goes to court. The court only, they're not bike racers. They only look at the evidence. If the evidence isn't there, gets thrown out, and then they look ridiculous and they've wasted money. So they have to have evidence that they're so they've got um dedicated cameras set up and they're not the ones that are ipf that we see um because those are usually in the wrong place to see accurately you know if there is one in the right place it's a fluke they're set up for uh viewing yeah tv coverage yeah not not judging penalties these guys have one set up for judging you know and for proof for evidence and they, they've got cameras that run all the time, you know, video, so they can stop it at any stage, but they've also got um, the sensor. And I asked about the sensor. The sensor is um, used to be pneumatic and now it is um, 
uh, uh, fiber optic. And um, apparently the stewards asked the guy, is there any chance that Beko ran over it? And this is the, the, the guy who's running it. Any chance Beko ran over it and it didn't go off? And he went, no chance. These things are so sensitive that when the wheel passes by like two millimeters above it, we actually get a little wave, you know, to show from the wind. Wow. And okay. and when they touch it, it's a massive spike and a photo, you know, like it takes a pick uh, to, for the evidence. Um, so, no, you know, we can see the waves, we can see the picks. Uh, he, and what the difference was, not only was Pico's bike leaning a little bit right, so but the curb, so he's half on the curb, half off, so but the up. green in that section is, slightly lower right. than the curb. Yep. So he's on the curb and the pick they've got, which is going to come out. Um, yep. You're going to see it soon um, because of the amount of shit. And yep. I believe they'll start doing this more regularly. Um, Good, yeah. I hope so because, yep. because of the situation, you know, uh, I, the sad situation we we were speaking more about this, than the great race. Yeah. You know? So yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. I got a plate here, right? I got a dinner plate. Right. Okay? Mm. And imagine the curb is uh so dinner plate is the rear wheel. Oh, this will you work well on a podcast. Curb, <laughs> yeah, the curb. Yeah, I, I understand, but I'm still explaining <laughs> it, right? But the curb is sits the plate, you know, the rear tire is sitting right on the edge of the curb. The green is slightly lower. Yeah. On the, you know, yeah. and it's lifted above the green, yeah. so it's missing it by a centimetre or so, you know. Yeah, but and that, that's what it counts. This is a sport of hundreds of thousands of seconds and millimetres. Yeah, so it misses – wait, when the uh, – they, they've slowed the video down and, and looked, and it not only misses the green, it misses the sensor, which sticks out more than the green, you know. Okay. So there is evidence that he is not on the green. Right. And so they ran with that. And you're going to see it come out soon. Good. But all I'm saying, I want to. One thing I want to add is, um, I, I know Freddie. You know, from the not f- from when he raced, but from the last years, and uh, also doing some Wayne Gardner event with him. Um, and he really gives shit. He's a bit sensitive. I think he's tortured by all these people that they think he's some people accuse him of being on the take or <laughs> or um or yeah, just ridiculous. Or he's drunk or he's like blind or he's and uh, that's gotta hurt. He's he hasn't told me that, boy. but it's gotta really hurt because he is a sensitive guy. I mean it's gotta hurt anyone except someone with no feelings. But I know that he really gives a shit. He wants to do the right thing. And so people that are watching, please do what I do and go, hmm, I wonder what happened there. Give them the benefit of the doubt until you see the picks, which I believe they're going to start uh, so, releasing. And, and remember, without evidence, they can't do it because it'll get thrown out. Simon, yeah, you, tell me. You, you've, got to, you've got to appreciate that, you know, yourself and people like Tugs and myself and Fredo, we, we live and breathe this shit. You more so than all of us because this is your job and this has become my fucking job now, right? But fa- fans aren't like that. They watch a race, they get outraged, and then they go back to their lives. We don't. We pick it to pieces. We, we're constantly fascinated by the rules, the, the transgressions, the, the characters. This, this, this is our life, you know, essentially. Yeah. Fans are not and like guys, that. Can I... 
can I add one last bit about sure. this thing about picking it apart? You're dead right. Picking it apart is fans will go, yeah, but why? Then it's not consistent. It is consistent yep. because um, everybody at Assen, where Brad got penalised, what had the same rules on that corner. Yep. Brad just touched the sensor, gave the stewards yep. proof. Everyone on that corner that Peko didn't get penalised had the same opportunity yep. to set the sensor off or not. So it is consistent. It's, yes, that curb was lower, so it's not the same as the Assen one and the, the, the angle of the bike, but everybody had the same opportunity to trigger that. And look, the, they didn't. You the, know, Peko the, didn't. The, the loudest screaming is coming from South Africa, which is normal, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've, <laughs> if you've ever seen their fucking Facebook page. It's called The, the South African Fans. South or... Af- MotoGP supporters of South Africa. Mother of Christ. It's like it's like a fucking <laughs> chimp cage. It's great. Right? It's great. We, we, it's tugs, and, tugs and I go there and, and throw, you know. <laughs> throw, monk, throw bananas at throw them. Throw a banana <laughs> at them. And they lose <laughs> their chip, fucking shit. It's a chimp cage. It's a chimp cage. It absolutely <laughs> is a chimp cage. But they're, uh, they're passionate as all hell. Oh. But it's just so typical of, of a newcomer to a sport because most of them had no interest in MotoGP until Brad got there. Yeah, I mean, before right. that, it was Cork Ballington. Who knew, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so it, until Brad turned up, they weren't watching this shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they got someone there, and now they're experts, and they want to- they Well, wanna... they got two of them there, right? Well, yeah. There's two motherfuckers there. And, the, yeah, the last one was Cork Ballington, which was 1872 or That's something, right. right? And Kawasaki. They're still dining out on having GPs at Kyle Army. How long ago <laughs> yeah, was that? That's right, yeah. Hey, guys, i I got to say that the the- South African fans have been really good to me, you know. Oh, like, sure. And, Love them. And, and one other thing, I, I haven't seen the chimp cage. I, I've got a mental picture that's fantastic. <laughs> we um, actually love them. We think they're I, Like I said before, I understand the outrage when you are ignorant, when you don't know, and I don't mean that derogatory at all, no, no, when no. you don't have all the facts. And part of the problem and part of the outrage is caused by not seeing the image yeah. straight away. Look, ignorance so is different. I understand. Ignorance is different to stupidity. I am ignorant. I don't know. I can't fly a jumbo jet, so I'm ignorant in that regard, right? But you know, you're not. If, you call, if I call you ignorant, it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you don't know something. Yeah, that's right. It's as simple as that's not an insult. All right. Just so, like I was ignorant when I looked at both pictures, the Brad and the Pico, and I wanted to know, but I found out, and I hope sure. uh, my explanation is enough to keep your fire out of your bellies, uh, sure. South African fans, and that when you see the image, you'll understand. But also remember the rule. Um, they have to have evidence, and everybody has the same opportunity. Anyway, anyway let's move on. What, what's let's, next? Let's, let's just step back to, to Moto2, and I get once again, South Africa's involved in this. <laughs> but in this this case, it, it dealt with, you know, um, the, the other Binder brother, Darren. The blind rhino. The blind rhino. And Jake fucking Dixon, who... I, I have never heard a spray like that from a from a racer, and it was very close to our heart because we we organised to have our, our buddy Cheryl. Yeah, there. Th- thanks for meeting Cheryl that weekend. You made her weekend, by the way, Cheryl Hanrahan. Oh, lovely bird. great time. She was really sweet. She really is a sweet. sweetheart. Yeah, so she went there and you know to see Jake, and then Jake's <laughs> Jake's in the fucking <laughs> in the, the gravel into the gravel on the first lap. And it's all Darren Binder's fault, except it's fucking not Darren Binder's fault at all. At all. Well, hey, let's start it right at the beginning. Okay. Um, <laughs> then there's there's really big pressure on Jake coming yeah. into the home GP, sure. you know, and he's done really well 
at the race before. Yep. You know, he won and he, and he, he rode brilliant. He, he totally did. deserved that win. Um, then he's come to his home GP, I think massive weight on his shoulders. And I imagine the local TV channels, like, you know, really oh, picked yeah. him up. And he he's met feeling Cheryl. It. He's got to do the job. And then he fucks it up in practice and having that crash, you know, which yeah. would have, it was in conditions easy to fuck up, you know, it was, yeah, it was awful. dodgy weather. It was awful. Um, he actually, believe it or not, a little side note, because he crossed the the uh, finish line, set the, set the uh, timer off, you know, got his lap time. Uh, he wasn't on his bike. Uh, and he wasn't on the track. <laughs> it was on the on the grass on the green on the outside. And they 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 took that time off him um, because apparently this was a big uh, talking point because recent years it's changed. You you used to have to cross the finish line, okay, yeah. with your bike. Yeah. If you're not on your bike, it doesn't count. They actually changed that. Uh, in recent years, I didn't know when I raced, you had to be on your bike, yeah. but they're kind of saying, ah, if he, I, I agree with it. If you've done the whole race yeah. and you actually throw yourself across the line and your, your bike and you aren't even together because you've high sided or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've come yeah. together with someone else. It actually still counts now, cool. and, but, but your time, your time counts from the last of you, right. your, you know, if your bike crosses first, the time goes on you yep. crossing the line, <laughs> yeah. or the other way around. Yep. The last thing to cross the line, that's the, that's the time. You know, yeah. well, that's, that's reasonable. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's I think fair. this is hilarious. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. look, every it time it sense. happened to me, you but, know, I, I thought it was fair. <laughs> but apparently, apparently, the rule hadn't been updated for practice oh, because right. who thinks of who thinks it's necessary? Like it, yeah, it just yeah. hadn't come up in forty years. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so apparently Jake caused this. Oh dear, we haven't got the same <laughs> for practice. Um. So they was they, they, they apparently it's getting updated that it's the same in practice. If you cross without your bike, it's still counted. The time is taken from the last uh, bit of rubble. You know, with you or the bike cross the line. The problem for Jake was he wasn't on the track. He's on the green. So it has to be cancelled, you know, because he's on the green, mm. even though he's not on his bike. But so then there's that bit. So Jake has <clears throat> fucked his qualifying position by crashing on his best lap and getting it taken away. And then he has to start from way back in his home race. He's more obviously pressure. really fired up. More pressure. Forward. More big pressure. pressure. Yeah. He'd be fired up. I want to make this big comeback. And, uh, and so he's coming through the field. And I've done a bit of digging because when we watched the TV, I understood why he, Darren Binder had got penalised. I understood uh, because the onus is on the overtaker, you know, and I understood that bit. I didn't fully agree, but I'll explain why. But it turns out Jake was passing Darren. Yeah. Darren was streaking backwards. He, I actually asked Darren, I said, what happened, you know, from your point of view? And uh, we, we've all heard Jake's point of view, so I wanted to hear Darren. So Darren said, oh, I had a shit first lap. I was streaking backwards and um, just couldn't get in the rhythm and kept getting stuffed up by other people. And he said he, El Cobra had stuffed him into that chicane on the left and stopped in the middle. Oh, and nice. so you're, yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, oh, run, almost run into the back of him because El Cobra's come in so tight, he couldn't carry speed, stuffed Darren's speed up. That gave, when they flicked right, that gave the opportunity to Jake to go around the outside and you would take it. The thing is, 
Darren is hanging off the right-hand side of the bike. I thought this straight away when I saw it. I went, he can't see Jake. He's got no idea. You know, when you're you're in the corner, you can't see Jake. You're hanging off the right-hand side of the bike. Looking through the corner. You can't see him. Jake can see Darren. And a clever rider in that position, like I saw Brad do a couple of times over the weekend, is give the guy on the inside some room. Otherwise, you're both going to go down, you know? So I saw Brad Binder step up a couple of times and let Mark Marquez yeah, yeah, yeah. fly through who wasn't going to stop, you know. And Jake turns in on the, you know, like encloses the line. There's only one thing that's going to happen, you know, yeah, yeah. is contact, yep. contact, and the person on the outside, especially if the bikes are almost side by side, comes off worse. Yep. So to me, it's Jake, sorry, but you fucked up yeah if you had given him a meter of room you both would have gone through that corner like i've seen a few times people go through that corner side by side you both come out of it and live to fight another corner you know but and then the 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 thing that kind of uh showed why i mean first that was another mistake not giving him room i think when you can see he's there um but and like i said the onus is on the overtaker then you Crash and you're angry in the gravel. I totally understand, but you know, from my my own experience, you cool down on that walk back to the box. You cool down and you start thinking. Uh, that's why I always forgive people losing their rag in the gravel pit because there's a lot of emotions and oh, adrenaline. Yeah, how, how could that? But not, after but, wa- yeah. after walking back to the paddock to throw your shit around and have a paddy in your garage, that is that is not emotions. That is um, just uh, you know what I'm saying. You know what you're doing at that point. Well, so you can judge. You know what I'm thinking. Sure. And then to bag Darren so badly on camera is, to me, it it, it smelled of a, a person who doesn't want to take responsibility for fucking his whole weekend up, you know? And, uh, uh, like, I would say that I would be, um, I would respect him a heap more if he went, Ah, you know, to TV. I put myself in that position with the crash and qualifying. Um, and then, you know, we, we had a race incident, which I would have called that crash a race incident. Left it at that, you know, two guys going for the same yep. spot. One fell off, you know, and the overtaker fell off. And the one that could have given room fell off. Um, the one that had vision fell off. I would have gone race incident. But uh, the last thing is um, if he'd said, look, you know, taking a bit of responsibility, I would respect him more. And right now I'm disappointed and I'll be disappointed until he apologizes to, to Darren and where I'm taking, I would like to say one more thing to finish is I really like both those boys. They're great kids with great ability and drive motivation. So I'm not biased between the two. I I genuinely like both of them. I just want to call it how I see it. I, I would have liked. I would have thought that the Aspar team would have pulled him up before he got, you know, a, a, a TV camera shoved in his face. Because oh, I, I think Hodgson got to him pretty quick. <laughs> and they're yeah. close mates. And yeah. they're close ah. mates. So you're not going to say no to your close mates. Ah, That's right. Okay. And, you're, and you're going to be more open with him too. You're going to probably say things that he might not have said if ah. somebody else had stuck a yep. microphone under yep. his gob. But... Dead right. All of that. And right. it's never a clever idea to agree to a uh, 
interview when you're so angry oh absolutely or, you know, I, I actually and, and the team should know that you're right I'm, I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't copped a sanction for the outburst yeah that was it was i've never heard anything it, like it it's, motherfucker it's a, you're not nine times world anything a champion or anything you just you sound like a petulant child well the thing is there's rules about bringing the sport into disrepute and that's about as close as you get without actually doing it yeah you know it's that was close all right um <clears throat> just one or two other things brother and what you get going um Oliveira. Jesus! Oh. Didn't he? Didn't he shine like a diamond last weekend? Hey, before we before we do that, <laughs> do you remember at the start of the year we did our our pre-show before the first round, and we jumped on sports bet and we put a fifty dollar bet on Miguel Oliveira <laughs> to win the championship, yeah. and then he came out and he's had the worst run of luck <laughs> so far this year because he was our hot tip for a, for a rookie yeah. at the start yeah. of the year, yeah, he was paying like thirty well, bucks or something, injuries so. and stuff. But yeah, he, but he, he, he showed, showed he showed some. Uh, some some dash. He showed some dash. He did. Weekend. He did. Simon, I I am a huge fan. Uh, I really am. Yeah, um, yeah, love him because of what um, he's so clever. Uh, he's so skilled. We've seen stuff from him in the past, which made me, like I say, become a fan of his writing. Um, that he can. He's so consistent. Can go bang, bang, bang. Real off times. The what the races he's won just. Awesome. Like I always I remember saying at the time, Lorenzo esque yes, his lap times, yes. you know, just yeah, you awesome. have said it, yeah. And coming into the season, I genuinely thought, even getting on a bike that he didn't know, that he could be top four, even top three, um, first part of the season. I really believed that. I still believe it. I mm. still believe he could have done that. And um, I believe he can do it next year. Uh he just had that shit run and, you know, of luck getting taken out by other people. Um, then, uh, like, what's that, twice? And this race, I just want to remind everyone, is the first race that he's been uh, fit, not yep. injured, not riding around with a dodgy shoulder. And straight away he's showing his his um, class, you know. So I'm not surprised at all. I just fully expected it to come earlier. I, I hope he wins a couple of races this year. It'd be good to see. He All deserves right, it. Me too. And he's got the ability. Yep. Well, and you've got to remember he's not on the latest bike, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, but I still think he's up for for compensating for that. Sorry, guys, carry on. No, 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 no. We're, we're, mate, we're, we're, brother, we're just about done. The last thing we wanted to ask you was actually, and it's a, actually a very good question from, from one, of our, one of our listeners, um, and I suppose your, your opinion is probably so valid in this regard, the guy wants to know who is the most natural rider you've ever seen. The most natural oh. rider. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anthony Gobert. Mm, Anthony go. Gobert. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what that doesn't, I would that say doesn't surprise me? I would say he's the most natural ability. I said it at the time. I even said it to Mick, and Mick didn't like it. <laughs> <Is Yeah>. it? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, He's the most natural ability I've ever seen. He was my teammate, and it, I knew what he was riding and how it was set up, and I'm like, he did that with that? Yeah. He's just unbelievable um, what he could do. Um, like at Phillip Island, I said it at the time, I still believe it, that nobody would beat him around there on the same machinery, not even me. Yep. Like, I mean, remember he got on the Suzuki? Yeah. And rode and rode this first test there, and Daryl was good, right? BD? Yeah, yeah. Daryl was very good. 
and he got on and went faster than Daryl. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, Daryl probably a bit more laid back about it, you know, because he knows it's only a test. But, yeah, but look, that's the sort of thing Goey could do. He was amazing. I, I and think- actually, a, a laugh for your listeners, um, I heard the story from both a crew chief that later became my crew chief, and he was a crew chief for Daryl at the time. He was in this meeting at Phillip Island at, at that first test. And also I heard it from Daryl. Daryl Beatty told me. We were big barbecue buddies when I was back in Aussie. Um, I spent off-seasons in Oz. And uh, both of them told me the identical story. So this test had finished at Phillip Island. Suzuki obviously really happy with what uh, Anthony had done first time on the bike. Really impressive. The first time on a two-stroke 500, and he's smoking fast. And they have this meeting, and it's only crew chiefs, uh, team management, riders, uh, and the Japanese um, engineers and stuff in this meeting. To, to take away the important um, – they, they always have these debrief meetings. I've been in many of them. It's quite serious. So they say to Anthony, Anthony, what do you need to go faster? And he went, uh, more power. And <laughs> all riders say that, you know, that is normal. All riders say that because it makes your job easier. And they go, mm, more power, write down more power. And then they go, and, and what else? And he went, uh, cages. With dancing girls and a fridge full of piss. That's <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, unreal. Eh? And apparently, um, the English guys shook their head and started laughing because um, there was a few English uh, staff, you know, uh, yeah. team management and, and crew chiefs. And um, the, apparently the Japanese, like, understandably didn't know what to do, so they um, had a giggle, you know, following the English guy's lead. But, yeah, Anthony it was the most, I think, natural ability I ever saw. Real shame look, it didn't. Look, he- and it's part of the thing that made me decide, um, uh, I kind of already knew it, but it was confirmation that uh, you're basically a sports person is a mixture of, natural ability and work ethic and without both you know you can't Absolutely. make up for the other one look I, I, I think you know just just to follow quickly up on, on Mr Go but he was probably a genuine rock star this is what yeah. rocks this is what rock stars are yeah, I mean yeah. I I mean I, I knew of uh, 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 Goey I'd, I'd sort of seen him at the track and that but I bumped into him um, and I got a signed poster that same day in a strip joint in Granville called the Vauxhall Inn. I've gone there with with a mate, and I was in a bike club at that stage, so, you know, they colours and stuff on. There's Goey and a couple of other blokes in this fucking strip joint. G'day, g'day, I got rah, 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 on the beers, and, you know, all sorts of stuff was going on, and then we ended up going to the bathroom to have a piss, and he's got... He said, "Do you want a fucking signed poster?" I went, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck sure, why not?" You know, it was it was a pretty loose afternoon. It was of a, who? and it was still daylight, right? Did he carry posters around? He went and got a fuck. He went one got one of his offsides going to get a fucking poster. He's fucking signed it, right? Got one of the strippers to rub her tits on it, then gave it to me. And I've got this fucking poster at home. It, it's it's a treasured possession, right? Yeah, that's my I go. I believe that completely. Yeah. That's my Gobert story. Um, you know. Do you know what's interesting you know, about Goey though? I watched Goey come up through motocross and supercross, and he's and a lot 
lot of kids come through that and into road racing, and they usually take a couple of years on a road bike before they really start to hit their straps. The only two I've ever seen come from motocross onto a road bike and just straight away super, super fast, Matt Maladden and Anthony Gobert. Yep. And, and Gobert's transition was probably the fastest because he went straight onto big bikes. Yep. Maladden went onto 250 proddies. And, and Gowie basically came out and would race anything that anyone would put him on and just about win on it if he didn't win. You know, like the, the guy was a genuine, genuine freak. Yeah. You know. Well, the first time I saw him, he was riding for Honda. He must have been riding for Honda Australia. And uh, they'd got him a ride with um, Honda in Japan. And so he turned up as a guest ride wildcard at Sugo. I was riding a Honda. So basically the same bike as him, RC45. And he was riding an RC45. And the kid was how old? Was he 18? Yeah, uh, he wasn't more than that. I, I think, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't more than 18. He'd never been to Sugo. He'd only just come to road race scene, you know, like in the last 12 months or 18 months. And he chased me the whole race. He was in my <laughs> – I was like, holy shit. Who the you know, fuck we, is we were that? in yeah. single figures, uh, you know, finishing position. Yeah. In the single figures, I can't remember where exactly. Mm. We both finished well. But I realised – He's dangerous. Like, yeah, yeah. that is awesome. You yeah. Know? And yeah, he really was. So, yeah. And we got on really well until uh, we had that coming together in Hockenheim. And we still got on well because he knew that I generally didn't do it on purpose. You know, I, I took him out and um, trying to get to the podium. And he was absolutely fine. I piggybacked him around for the whole night because I knew he not like to party. He had sprained ankles, and I put Voltaren gel on his ankles, piggybacked him around <laughs> wherever he wanted to go. I was his bitch for the evening, you know? <laughs> just to say sorry, to say sorry. And I even put him to bed at whatever hour, three, three in the morning. 18 o'clock, and, yes. um, <clears throat> Yeah, and when he went home it was when it went wrong, um, and it was clear his parents got in his ear and um, – and uh, that's another whole nother story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Even scarier. But he basically got told by his mum and dad, I believe, that, you know, Simon's a C-U-N-T and, uh, and we never spoke again, you know. We even did the whole Suzuka eight-hour, finished second, and we never spoke, which is a real shame. But anyway. That's crazy. Let, All what's right. next, guys? All right. Listen, um, well, what have we got coming up next? What's the next round? Austria. Austria. Oh, geez. Red Bull ring. <laughs> can can KTM crack it for a GP win? Yeah, I reckon they can. <laughs> I reckon I'm glad you said that, Tug. Uh, you must be thinking the same as me. I genuinely believe. I mean, their strengths at the moment, it's clear, is acceleration and stopping. They're mm. good at it. Uh, their riders are good enough to do it. Um, it's their home GP. Oh, you know, the bike is fast. I think, you know, that all those things fit Austria. They've obviously... They know know it better than as good as anyone. The bike was uh, built on that track. Factory, yeah. And I mean, there's going to be guys that are that are going to make it a real problem. Like I think Jorge Martin again. He's Pecca. proven really good there. Pecca. And uh, yeah, Pecco. Pecco exactly. is is so dominant. Like I he's on form. Yeah, he's absolutely on form, and I, and and no one yeah. likes to, to feed you know home track favourites their own shit more than Ducati. Right, <laughs> um, you're right. Ducati riders is going to be the biggest threat. Peko's the most on form, but Jorge traditionally is amazing at that track, you know. Um, so they're going to be the problems. But I have already put a steak dinner and wine, you know, on a bet on that KTM have a win there. So, which one, yeah. Brad or Jack? 
No, it doesn't matter. The, the, the state, the state, <laughs> it does the state to Australia and South vote. Africa. Sorry. To Australia and South Africa, it matters hugely. Pro- probably be fucking Augusto Fernandez. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, yeah. Simon, okay, boys. Simon, thank you so, so much again for your precious time and for, for, for sort of honouring us with your with your – Immense knowledge and 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 wondrous insights into the sport we all love so much. Um, I look forward to um, hearing your dulcet tones again on Fox Sports. <laughs> on and I've, been boys. Some, I've been offered some accommodation at Phillip Island, so I might get there this year. Oh, good. We might we might all be there. We might all be at Phillip Island fun. this year. If that's the case, awesome. we're on. I look for a beer. I look forward to a beer with all of you. Yeah, really, do. it'll be great. Um, and keep up the good work, boys. It's really entertaining, and I love how. All three of you bring something different, you know, to it. Um, we try. Tug, tug your, um, uh, your, your, you always talk sense. And I, I really <laughs> work, oh, really good. Someone has entertainment. <laughs> the entertainment from the other boys that obviously. Oh, so the I'm big not thing is you all no. love it. No. The big thing off. is you all love it, which is why it's good to listen to. Mate, once again, thank you so, so much, brother. It's, it's been a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show. My pleasure, boys. Bye for now. Thanks, son. What a lovely bloke he is. <laughs> I don't know why he keeps what, doing what this. What a lovely, me. lovely bloke he is. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's Recording us. Recording stopped. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? <laughs> Keep going. Has he... No, it's all right. He's, he's stopped the recording of the Zoom oh, thing. Oh, so okay. He didn't, he didn't stop recording us. Fuck, I could listen, listen, to, him. I could listen to him forever. <laughs> I know. He's good, isn't he? He's great. He I just, can't believe he just rings up and says, hey, can I come on the show? Yeah. Everyone else, will you please come on the show? They go, fuck off. Fuck not off. coming on your yeah. fucking show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, <laughs> He knows so much. Look, um, everyone, thank you so much. That was a, a an episode out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a short notice thing. And yeah, we, sp- sponsor free and then just fucking raw. Just because we love you, raw, and, uh, especially for our Patreon like guys. a truck driver's love. So our Patreon guys are getting this one early, and then we'll we'll make it available yeah, in, in a few days later. for everybody else. So, All right. thank you, Patreon peeps. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye, bye.